Why, hey there. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about tablet use, smartphone use, what you can do as an ergonomics professional to ensure that you are reducing the ergonomics risk for your clients. Let's do this. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Now, I know that I'm talking to a passionate ergonomics professional whenever I do these types of podcasts. And you know what? Even though that we know the facts and the science behind the ergonomics of so many setups, sometimes we can get into some unhealthy habits. Us being the professionals that do this, that get paid the big consulting fees, I would wager a bet that we know that we probably shouldn't be using these types of postures and equipment for long durations, especially if it's our main input device. So we know. However, do your clients know? When you do an ergonomics assessment in the office, do you ask about smartphone use, about tablet use, if they do it as part of their job or if they're checking emails often when they're home? Because as we all know, what we do at home affects the ergonomics risk in the office. If someone is scrolling on the Instagrams or the TikToks all day, then I wonder if they're going to be experiencing the same discomfort while they're using their mouse at work. So you may be taking a holistic approach to their ergonomic setup, and I think that is a great idea. How can we offer tips, strategies, and habit-changing suggestions that can make that person's entire life better and reduce the overall ergonomic risk? And that's what we're going to be talking about today, simple suggestions that can make a big difference in someone's life. So I'm going to be talking about the ergonomics of smartphone and tablet use today, we'll be talking about more extreme postures, some need-to-know indicators of ergonomic risks, and strategies to improve posture. I'm also going to give you some information about some suggestions that you can make for your clients, and these are going to be equipment or engineering types of solutions. Let's first talk about more extreme postures. And You don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand that it's a smaller device. So therefore, you're going to be a little bit more crunched up. And I believe that is a scientific term. If you've ever observed someone using a smartphone and a tablet, and I know that you totally have because you're not living under a rock and you're listening to this podcast, typically it's not what would be considered ergonomically neutral. For a posture to be considered to be neutral, it shouldn't predispose a person to any ergonomic risk whatsoever. 
but there's always a glitch in the matrix, right? So even if someone is holding the most ergonomic posture for the entire duration of a day, that in itself is an inherent ergonomic risk in terms of duration and sitting for those lengths of time. So that is always a curveball that us ergonomics professionals have to deal with too. And it's always a great education point for our clients. The key word here is comfort when we're talking about an ideal ergonomic setup. And it's a really good rule of thumb to share with your clients as well. So if you were to think about a graphic of this, it's going to be something where the screen is within arm's length of that person. That person's able to type on the computer with a neutral elbow position between 80 and about 100 degrees. The back is tilted and supported by a backrest between 95 to 115 degrees. The knees are between 90 and 120 degrees. And the ankle angle is usually between 90 and 120 degrees. There's no extreme postures anywhere. And that person would say that they're comfortable. You as an ergonomics professional, you, you got that nailed down, right? So let's compare that visual to someone who is using a smartphone or a tablet. Since that keyboard, mouse, and screen, they share all one device, that smartphone or tablet is already ergonomically disadvantaged for long-term use. Obviously, it's because there's just no way to optimize that device, both for the hand location and the neck and the head position at the same time. Walk with me here. If you optimize the screen height, so if you put it the screen height to where you would typically set up a computer position, which is slightly below neutral seated eye height, of course the upper extremities will need to reach more, more shoulder flexion, probably more elbow flexion, and you're going to be exposed to way more ergonomic risk in upper extremities just to type and use your finger to search around the screen. But here's the catch-22 with these devices. If you optimize for typing and mousing, there's going to be much more ergonomic risk for the neck since you're going to be needing to adopt more of a bent neck posture to view that screen of the device. My question to you, what is more common amongst the general public? Do you think people are going to optimize the viewing position or they're going to optimize for the hand position? I wish we had Jeopardy music for you to consider your options here. In my humble opinion, I believe that it is far more common for someone to sacrifice that neck position to have a more optimal hand working height. And I think this is just human nature because you know what? It's a lot easier to look down than it is to hold something up towards eye height for substantial periods of time. And you want to know my opinion? Well, based on my experience and of life in general, Holding things further away from our center of gravity is going to create more strain on those body parts. And if you're holding a phone so that you can view it 
with a good neck position, that's going to create a moment arm on that shoulder position. Where the greater that that smartphone is being held out, the greater the force on that shoulder is going to feel. So of course, people are going to do the easiest possible with the less amount of force and optimize the hand working height and have a really bad neck posture. It is 100% human nature. You might be asking yourself, okay, Darcy, what are some things that we can start to say to our clients so at least that they are aware of this? Well, that alone is an educational piece that you can use during an ergonomics assessment, but they probably need to know some indicators of ergonomic risk so that they can judge for themselves when they've been using an awkward position for far too long. They might experience redness or swelling on the affected joint. If they're doing a lot of scrolling with their thumb, they might notice that the skin around that thumb joint is warm to touch. They might also notice a reduced range of motion for that affected joint. They might feel tired or fatigued. They might experience pain. And pain, what I mean, is related to the affected joint, soreness, burning, or aching. They might even experience some clumsiness that's more related to some of the neurological effects of long-term chronic awkward positions. If it's tender to touch and if it's tingling, numbness, weakness, change of skin color, that specifically is like the biggest red flag moment that that person needs some sort of intervention when they're using their smartphone because they're using it for far too long and there's going to be some sort of injury management that's needing to be happening before that chronic problem becomes far too much to handle. So you know what? It's like the smartphone and the tablets are like the more extreme version of a laptop. And there are solutions that you can be putting into place when you're using a laptop. A laptop, for instance, is a lot bigger. So when you're carrying your laptop, it's not that much of a bother to carry an external mouse and an external keyboard and to pop that laptop on something so you get a better viewing angle to view the screen, right? Tablets and smartphones, their whole deal is convenience. You pop it out, you text your buddy, you answer that work email, or you scroll on social media, right? It's easy to use, but the long-term effects on that is huge. Smartphones and tablets, they require more bent neck postures to view the screen. I know, Captain Obvious, but that's what the literature is saying. Combine that with the greater mechanical demands on the neck that is three to five times higher during seated smartphone or tablet use compared to a neutral seated posture that you would see in an ergonomic setup in a computer. So let's talk about strategies to improve your client's posture. The key thing here is that the literature clearly shows, and I'm sure your personal experience does confirm this as well, that a smartphone or a tablet 
is way more riskier than even a laptop use. The ergonomic risk for prolonged smartphone and tablet use likely compounds, especially if anyone has any pre-existing conditions that you note during the ergonomics assessment. It's difficult to say a specific amount of time that will guarantee discomfort and injury if it's surpassed, right? So we know that the short answer is that there's likely many, many factors at play here. Now about those personal factors, people's tissues have tolerances within which they can work safely until their capacity is overloaded. When tissues surpass their capacity to work safely, this puts them at risk of injury development. Let's talk about some more personable attributes that can increase injury susceptibility. These include age and gender, their overall health and fitness, health habits, including if they are smoking or if they're eating not the greatest, work behaviors. So if they're sitting and standing for prolonged periods of time using poor mechanics at work, not even including how they use their smartphone or tablets, that's a risk that can increase injury susceptibility. And activities outside the workplace that involve high physical forces, awkward postures, or repetitive actions. And it's not necessarily that these have to be like extreme weekend warriors that hike mountains and do ultra marathons. It's that it could involve something outside their normal comfort zone. So maybe they're lifting gardening stuff or bags of dirt around their house in the weekend. If it's outside what they're normally able to do, that can be something that can increase the susceptibility of someone getting an injured when it relates to this type of stuff. So let's talk about what you can do to recommend to your clients to reduce the level of ergonomic risk. The strategy behind reducing ergo risk for smartphone tablet use is simply to get things done in a more neutral or comfortable position. It's especially true if you are using a smartphone for a long period of time. An ergonomic setup similar to what you would recommend for prolonged laptop use would be incredibly useful. What this means is that the tablet or the smartphone should be used with a Bluetooth keyboard or mouse and a raised device. The actual screen of the device has to be higher for any type of prolonged work. There's research that found that there's a lot less ergonomic risk for the neck for a high propped up smartphone or tablet position, but the position of the hands should not be forgotten either. At a minimum, tablets and smartphones should at least be placed on a table instead of your client's lap to minimize awkward ergonomic postures. For that reason, I have put together a couple of suggestions here that you can recommend. And if you have ever heard of kit.co, I have a few ideas there that you can recommend to your client. Just head to the show notes and you can grab them there, get the link, and you can recommend them. Or for yourself too. These are good stuff. So the first thing, like I mentioned, Bluetooth keyboard, you may already have it for your clients that they're they're recommended 
to use for when they're using the keyboard at their normal computer. If they need a secondary one because they forget when they're out and about, but remember, this is for prolonged periods of use. So if they find that they have to use their smartphone and answer emails or the circumstances are just right, then you want to recommend this. Otherwise, I don't really think that they're going to be using it. So we have a foldable Bluetooth keyboard for smartphones, a Bluetooth for tablets. Maybe you could use the same one because Bluetooth is Bluetooth. It doesn't really matter. And then last but not least, I think this is really important. This is a cell phone clamp clip for the desk so you can optimize the neck position. Optimize the neck position, optimize the, the typing com, um, position, and then you want to get a Bluetooth mouse as well. Please, please, please use your professional judgment here because it may be overkill where you could instead offer subtle adjustments in the habits that they use, like using their left hand instead of their right, taking breaks, being mindful of the amount of time that they're using it. Equipment could be overkill here. All right, my friend, there you have it. Things to consider for long-term tablet, smartphone use, and why you should be considering this when you're doing an ergonomic assessment for those peeps that you're looking at in the office. Because as we all know, wellness is wellness. Holistic means everything. And what those people do in their spare time or for doing work at home will affect how they get work done in the office, whether it's remote or actually in the physical office. Until next time, my friend, I wish you all the best and success when you're doing your ergonomics assessments. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes that you would like to hear my insights on, then you know exactly who to reach for. You can get started with office ergonomics assessments today. Healthcare professionals are seeing the potential and opportunity to add office ergonomics assessments to their practice and services. Go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin to get the exact seven-step process that works so that you can get started today without the confusion or overwhelm. Just head to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin now.